Welcome to the Deeper Dive podcast, where we dive deep into God's Word and discover together how to practically live as disciples of Jesus through the application of gospel truth. I am sitting here with Jason, Adam, and Brooks. This is Dave Dawson, and welcome to the Deeper Dive. How are you guys doing today? Great. Yeah. Doing well. It's a good day. That's a good intro, Dave. It is. Yeah, it's going to be my new thing. It's my <laughs> new thing. We need some cool music to go with it, so... That's awesome. Hey, we're all part of Bethel Church. We are three campuses, but all within one church. Uh, if you haven't listened to us before, our campuses are in Pasco, Washington, Prosser, Washington, Richland, Washington, with a reach, I would say, Dave, in the what would you call this region? The Columbia, Columbia Basin, Basin region of of Eastern Washington. Mm-hmm. So we've got a we've got a really good footprint, and we are we're, we're responsible, right? The Lord's given us influence, and we're responsible to use that influence. Hmm. So we here at Bethel, um, we devote a lot of energy to teaching the Bible, right? To encouraging people to read the Bible on their own, and more and more, we've been creating platforms where people can like listen to the Bible. So today, in the deeper dive, where we go deeper into some aspect of a scripture that we have preached. Today, we're going to look at the Bible itself as our guide for life, because it kind of reflects back to yesterday's message. And then also, we're going to look at one unique feature of the Bible itself, mm. which is pretty cool. Okay. All right, Jason, there was a—you uh, and I, we get involved with—well, well, we all do. We all get involved with pastors from other churches. There was a uh, pastor from another church that um, somebody came up to him and asked him about a new person came up and asked about a church in the area that preached, I think it was expositionally or something like that. Mm. And he recommended our church. So that's a that's a big word, right? Could you could you guys explain to us what does it mean to preach expositionally? And like why why do, why does Bethel do that? Yeah. Um no, that's a great question to lead with. Um so maybe that's a term that's new to some of you that are listening to this. What is expository preaching? You, you may not know the definition, but my guess is, is people would recognize it when they hear it. And so I think the simplest definition of expository preaching is it is word-driven. Um, some people would say word-saturated preaching. So it really involves taking listeners um, into the text. So, uh, for example, Dave, there are, um, if you use like, uh, there's one analogy out there where it says it's taking people for a swim. Um, so, uh, an example of what expository preaching is not is some people use, um, the text of the Bible as a diving board, right? It's their launching point, right? So it, it launches them into their message and they are never to return, <laughs> like kind of like to a diving board. Um, there's another approach where it's like, um, pool furniture. It's like occasionally you, you hop off and, you know, you go and you take a sit there, but then you return back to the pool, which is the message. And what we would say is we just feel like the word uh, does the work. And that's where we're going to spend the bulk of our time is in the word, in this analogy, in the pool. And people, hopefully, when they leave after a Sunday, they feel like, you know, they've been in the pool and hopefully they feel refreshed. They haven't just observed some patio furniture or they've taken kind of a quick trip, but they're actually word saturated themselves. That's really good. Jason. Did you just come up with that? I have never heard that before. That's I'm like good. over here grinning from ear to ear. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's a really good analogy. No, it did not. I, I wish I could say who it originated from. It's probably a couple of different people that stole it from a couple of different people. But 
yeah, hopefully that's a good way to think about it. That's really it. good. So, Adam, does that mean like you guys, when you guys preach, that you don't, you never do any topics? You just kind of do like, you know, Ephesians 1, 3. <laughs> right. Are there- well, there's all different kinds of flavors and types of expository preaching. Sometimes we do what is called like Lectio Continua in the Latin, which is just, you're continuing in a book. So you preach like through Ephesians, like we did in the spring or Ecclesiastes in the summer, you go chapter by chapter. But you can also come to the scripture with a topic that you're working through and you say, what does the scripture say about this? And then you let the scripture inform Mm -hmm. that. So you're preaching expositionally from a passage focusing on a theme, but it's still expository. You're still revealing what God is saying in the text about that particular issue. So we're kind of mining the text, kind of going away from this swimming thing, but mining Mm -hmm. the text, the words, to bring out its meaning. Not impose a meaning, but to bring that meaning out. Exactly. I think that... uh, Someone smarter than me might be able to correct me if I'm wrong, but the expositional preaching that the, one of the roots of that ex, of that word exposition is expose. Mm-hmm. So you are exposing the text. You're exposing the meaning of the text. Right. Okay, and it's not saying here's our topic. Now let's find 50 scriptures that mm-hmm. sort of back up my point. It's kind of proof let's go to the t- yeah exactly. That's not expository preaching. Okay, yeah. so this is maybe it's fair to say this is it's it's a bit of a core value of our yeah. church. Yeah, for sure. All right. So does that mean we never preach topically? Well, I would say exactly what what Adam said, is that topics are going to come up, but the topics, the way in which we're going to approach those topics is what is the biblical content uh, that we want to have address that topic. So, I mean, just to be clear, exposition, it isn't a style of preaching. Expositional preaching is all about the content mm-hmm. and the substance of, of the preaching of the message. Which okay. can I say one thing? Like I, I think that's a, such a good distinction because I think sometimes we link a style with expository yeah. preaching. I've heard that before, and then people hear another style that's just as much expositional, but it's a different style, a different person, and they say, "Well, that's not expositional." Yep. You're exactly right. <laughs> so good to remember. Yeah, that's awesome. So the Bible continues to be a very big deal with us, right? Mm-hmm. It's kind of at the center of just about just about everything that we we do. Mm-hmm. Um, well. So today we're going to zero in on the Bible, kind of the Bible itself. And how, how do you guys as pastors, as you see people out there, whether it's our people or even just people in the community, how do you see people's knowledge of the Bible? How would you, I know we're painting with a pretty big brush or broad brush here, but how do you see people's knowledge of the Bible at this point? Hmm. Are you asking like what uh, people in in Bethel Church, like what their, like how Biblically literate, they are. Yeah, probably pushing more out into the community, kind of oh, okay. looking around at like what's around us, right? Because we're mm-hmm. we're drawing from people in the community mm-hmm. who are coming in. Maybe they hear our our way of preaching for the first time. In fact, why don't we just go with that? Mm-hmm. What, what, do, what do you guys see in the community? It's it, you know, it's tough. I wish um, I wish I knew. Honestly, I'm I'm curious to know um, what people's take um, is on the Bible. I would say, and I know that this has changed over the last say decade. But, I mean, historically, I would say in America, people have had a high view of Scripture, Mm -hmm. just in general. Now, when you drill down and you say, okay, tell me about that high view of Scripture. Like, do you see the Bible as being important? And if you were to ask people that, I think they would say, by and large, yeah, I I think it's an important book, right? Um, If you drill down a little bit deeper and you say, have you read this Mm -hmm. book? I think people would say, no. Or um, actually, when I've asked people that question, they say, oh, yeah, I've read it. I'm like, 
you've read it. Like, like you've, you've read Nahum and you've read, (laughs) you know, so you've read cover to cover and most people haven't, by the way, most people in churches, even like Bethel, they've never read scripture cover to cover. And so I think there's two aspects to this question, Dave. It's, it's how valuable do you think this book is? And then like, for real, like Mm -hmm. if it is this valuable, how invested are you in the intake of this book? Well, and even like, I wonder from the Christian perspective or Christians reading the Bible, how many have read it merely as a book that tells history? Like how many Christians have read the Bible for all that it's worth? Yeah. Yes. And really to hear God speak in all the different notes he speaks, like we're going to get to this, right? About God's story that he's revealing about Christ. Like how many of us have read it through that lens? I would say like even church people, it's generally smaller, I think, than we we might believe of people that have read it for all might, it's worth. Yeah, I might go a step, for, a step in a different direction too. I think how many of us have read it just to check it off? Hmm. I, maybe there's people that can say, yeah, have you read it cover to cover? Yeah. Like, yeah, I've read it cover to cover once a year for the last 15 years. Wh- like, why? Um, have you cherished it for all it's worth, like you said, Adam, or have you just read it like a checklist? Yeah. <laughs> I remember in uh, South America, you quite often you see taxi cab drivers. They would have a Bible open on their dash, on their dash, and it's open to Psalm 91. Because Psalm 91 was supposed to protect them, right? Huh. So I'd ask them, what, do, what is that book? And they go, that is called the Bible. I'm like, okay, <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I go, and, and, then, and then they'll go on and say, yeah, this is, this is the chapter that protects us as taxi cab drivers. Oh, wow. Well, you know, they'd never read the Bible, right? They were mm. using it as like, an, like a talisman, like it's yep. got this power, right? Mm. Wow. Rather than taking it into themselves, into their minds and into their hearts. Wow. Mm. Um, well, maybe this is an obvious question then, but I'll go ahead and ask it. We make a big deal, Jason, about reading and listening to the Bible on a regular basis mm-hmm. as part of our, all three of you guys, or your, I'm sorry, your message yesterday, uh, Jason. So what, why should we? I mean, seriously, why, why should we? Mm. In this day and age, right? In the yeah. year 2021. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, like, I think all of our campuses, we heard the... <laughs> The biggest thing, I would say the number one thing about why we should read the Bible is the Bible leads us to Jesus. And that's, that's what it does. I mean, the, the, I think it was uh, D.A. Carson said the entire Bible pivots on one weekend in Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. And why wow. is that weekend so important? And why does it all point either forward or backwards to that one weekend in Jerusalem? It's because it leads us to our Savior. So first and foremost, the reason that we read the Bible is because it leads us to Jesus. Yeah, and it gives Jesus that space to speak. The question, why do we read or listen to it regular? Well, we listen to all kinds of other things on a regular basis that are forming us and shaping us that we give authority. And so the Bible is God speaking to us afresh through these words written over a few thousand years through multiple people, but he's speaking it by his spirit to us like now. And we want to hear him speak and speak to us through Christ mm-hmm. above and beyond everything else that we're letting in to our ears and our hearts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is unlike any other book written, right? Yeah. There's nothing else. We, we use the word, um, the phrase special revelation. Right. Scripture is specially written and contains unique truth that you cannot find anywhere else. Um, so we would be, if we truly believe that we'd be fools not to saturate ourselves in scripture. Mm-hmm. I think it's Matthew 17 or so, Jesus is teaching on the uh, the end times. Uh, I might be off on the chapter. But at one point, this really struck me. I read this the other day. He's talking about some of the end times happenings, right? And then he says, in these last days, wickedness will grow 
and the love of most people will grow cold, hmm. right? And I'm like, whoa. So is it is it most people are going to lose their love because they're joining the wicked? So everybody's wicked. Or is the fact is that wickedness, wickedness is so powerful that it just causes those who are followers of God to quit loving and to also start hating and start shaking their fist at people? Mm-hmm. And it just woke me up, and I was like, Lord, I can feel myself going that way mm-hmm. quite often. Mm-hmm. So I just resolved to not lose my love no matter what, just like you said, Adam, to me. And the way to do that is to hear God's voice. Yeah. If we hear God's voice through His Word, that, man, I think it's the only thing that's going to keep us maintaining a heart of being able to love people and, and and love people that we just flat out not only do not agree with they're they're like living totally different lifestyles mm. man we need we need that voice dave i mean they're in in a world with so many voices we need we certainly need his voice i was i was thinking about this i used this uh, this illustration a number of years ago um, but i don't know if you guys remember this one of the most horrific tsunamis that hit japan Right, that one that just decimated yeah. mm-hmm. not just yeah. the shoreline, but just that miles powerful that mile yeah. miles inland. And as they were going out and cleaning up, um, they discovered these ancient stones that were set around the coastline. And when you go and you look at those stones, and they're still there to this day, um, they were written hundreds of years before the tsunami. And engraved in these stones are the words: "Do not build beyond hmm. these stones." Wow. And they had built an entire village beyond these stones. And here's this ancient stone set from a people that probably experienced a tsunami yeah. like that. And they said, please mm. heed our warning. <laughs> Do not build beyond this stone. And that's exactly what they did. And that's what God's word does. It stands as this, this solid stone. Mm. And we continue to build <laughs> beyond that, around that, above that, whatever it is. And so we, I mean, the word is timeless, but it is so incredibly timely. I know we yeah. say that time and again, but it is. Yeah. You guys can't see it right now. Adam and Brooks are writing it down. Use Japanese illustration. Mm. No, we're, shake, awesome. we're shaking our heads in amazement because we were just telling Jason how he always comes up with the best stories. He does. doesn't come up with them. He draws them from somewhere. Yes, that, yeah. that is a great story. Well, I'll tell you what, let's, can we do a little bit of quick uh, advertising here? Let's see if we can remember some of the ways that Bethel, our church, is taking this so seriously that we're really trying to get the word out to people. So here's one. We do have the Deeper Dive, right, which is what we're doing right now. That is a weekly podcast. You guys are hearing that right now. Uh, what else are we doing? Yeah, in the form of podcasts, we have the Anchor Daily, which comes out during every, every day of the week, so weekdays. Mm-hmm. Um, that is multiple voices that are taking a particular text that we're reading as a church collectively, and they're sharing a little bit of understanding, their own understanding of that word, and applying it to our lives. So. And as I, if I'm not mistaken, that is that reading is now corresponding with what we're preaching, correct? That, mm-hmm. That's that's going along with the one percent life. So those that are following along right now with one percent life, you are you are tracking along yeah. uh, with that and the anchor dailies. Okay, and, and after so other times it goes along with the reading. We have reading plans. Yeah, we read through the wisdom literature this summer. Yeah, and, and that was previous. marked along with the with the anchor daily. Yeah. So I think part part of the point is Rachel. Car and some of her crew are working really hard to make everything sort of uh, work together, right? Mm-hmm. So it's not just, oh, read this and then read that. And it's like, no, this is kind of working together in a comprehensive manner. Mm-hmm. And Dave, okay. one of the new things, by the way, yeah. that started last week, um, and Adam's really been kind of the tip of the spear on this, is we have a brand new class through the Bethel Institute called Christian Story. 
And so, Adam, I don't know if you can speak to, you know, why we're doing that and what that class is. Yeah, I, I think it's, I mentioned earlier, like reading the Bible for all that it's worth and all that it is. It's The class is, is really based on understanding the meta-narrative or the, the grand story that Scripture tells us of God redeeming us through Jesus and how if we can understand that story or begin to get our arms around it, it helps us live in the story of the world. Like God, God created the world, God redeemed the world. He is telling and living out this true story that we want to be a part of. So the more we know that true story, the more we can live inside of it, live out our mission. And so we're doing a class 10 weeks on sort of a sweep of scripture and how, how that story works and how we fit into it. Okay. So our story fitting into the, true the story. bigger story. Yeah. That's beautiful. Adam. Yeah. That's really cool. All right, let's pivot. I think we've taken a good look at uh, core value of ours at Bethel Church, that bi- the Bible is our daily guide for life. Um, and then I, I said at the beginning that we would also take a look, a, take a bit of a unique, or, or see how the, uh, there's a unique feature of the Bible. And Jason, you actually already said it. And that is this, that the entire Bible points toward Jesus. So in, in fact, in a passage from yesterday, um, in uh, Luke 24, Jesus claimed to be, he claimed to be revealed in the law and the prophets, that is the Old Testament. That is, he's saying, look, I was, you know, I was revealed back there in, in the Old Testament. That would the, make the actual, yeah, the verses that beginning with Moses and the prophets, he interpreted to them all the scriptures concerning the things, uh, concerning, uh, concerning himself. So, okay, every, so every part of scripture. Got it. So, I mean, is this, if this is really making Jesus sort of the theme of the Bible, I mean, are we saying that we can actually read the Bible? And see Jesus in like the laws, the prophets, the sacrificial system. Is that is that right? Yes, yes, a hearty yes, uh, <laughs> yes. And, yeah, and I think there are so many ways to parse that out. And like the first one is at Bethel, we believe in the Trinity. Right? God is one God in three persons: Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So, in a real sense, Jesus is along with the Father and the Spirit, the author, <laughs> not just of the New Testament, but of the Old Testament. He's He's the one breathing it out. He's the word that comes in the flesh. So in, in, even in that sense, as the author, the Old Testament is about him. And then there are, he's promised in the Old Testament. He's predicted in the Old Testament. He's, we see him in different types and figures of people in the Old Testament, whether it's a prophet, positive ways, like, man, this person lives out something that teaches us about Jesus or in the negative, like Jesus comes and does what that person should have done, did and didn't do. Yeah. There's just, I'm sure there are multiple other ways of, yeah, of Jesus being in the Old Testament. But yeah, Jesus literally shows up at times in the Old Testament. We call those Christophanies. Right. Um, uh, and and if if we see if, if we believe in a Trinitarian theology, that means where God is, Jesus right. is there in some aspect, right? That he's not that God and Jesus are not separated. It wasn't God in the Old Testament and then Jesus showed up in the new. Um yeah, so very hearty, resounding yes is right. Jesus is all over the Old How Testament. How about like the sacrificial system, right? You get this whole thing of like, you know, animals being uh, sacrificed and just, mm-hmm. it's just really bloody. Mm-hmm. And yet we're supposed to see Jesus there. How, how are we seeing Jesus in that? Well, I mean, just like we're talking about, I mean, there are, um, just think about this, like the the vantage point that we have mm-hmm. of being able to look back on, it is so much more appealing <laughs> than living in the moment. I mean, here here's right the sacrificial system that God is uh, putting into place. He's actually refining it, you know, through Moses and through Aaron and through mm-hmm. the nation of Israel. 
and they're putting these things together. And it's just, it's weird. It's complicated. And, and yet we're going, it's obvious to us right. from our vantage point, but there's just these, there are these data points that God is, God is, um, yeah, he's creating in, in the old Testament. Um, and it's, to be honest, it's, it is really, it's amazing from our vantage point to do mm-hmm. that, but it's also encouraging because we get to see kind of this story, uh, but we live in our own particular moments and we don't even see, you know, mm-hmm. just to take it down to us, we don't even see what God's doing in our particular generation and our, in our lifetime, mm-hmm. but it is contributing to this grander, you know, story. God's telling, like Adam, you're talking about in this Christian story class talks about just this grander story that God is telling. And so the sacrificial system is just one of those things, one of those data points in the Old Testament where God is pointing towards, forward towards his son in the Mm -hmm. sacrifice that is ultimately going to be made for our sin. Scripture comes out really powerfully saying, you know, without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins, Mm -hmm. which kind of tweaks our modern sensibilities. But all that blood in the Old Testament, you know, points toward, or reveals the fact that it was not enough to cover, yeah. right, to pay for a single sin, yeah. right? Well, it is, yeah. go for it, Adam. Well, I was just yeah. thinking, like, if you think about the sacrificial system, you have Jesus, who's God, so he's the unapproachable God in his holiness that must, there must be a sacrifice to be in his presence. Jesus is the priest who stands in between sinful people and God himself to offer the sacrifice, and then he's also the sacrifice. So when you're reading a passage like in Leviticus and you're thinking to yourself, how in the world does this apply to me as a Christian? There's not even just one way of doing it. It's there's so many dimensions where Jesus is being taught to us, and we have the vantage point, like Jason said, of reading it through the lens of Jesus's cross and resurrection. He is all. I mean, he's all over the place. So, Adam, I want to I want to slow that down for people who oh, may be listening to it excited. on one point five speed. Yeah. For us. So, uh, if we're looking at the Levitical system, the sacrificial system, I like what you say. There's a bunch of different ways. Jesus is the priest. Yeah. Jesus is the holy, the holy God that that we're yeah. that we are approaching, and right. Jesus is the sacrifice. Yeah. Is, is what you're saying. Right. I mean, let's just take a take a minute to kind of like let right. that sink in for some of our listeners, and, and that the Bible is is this crazy work of of everything's woven together that right. we cannot read the sacrificial systems in Leviticus apart from the atoning work of Jesus Christ. It, it is all about Jesus. Right. He's the priest. He is God. He is a sacrifice. I mean, that, that needs to be right. We need to saturate, like sink in that a little bit. And it wasn't an afterthought too. Right? Right. It's, I was have always been amazed with authors who can write a series of books and then you read it and there's so many different twists and turns and there's cohesion through the whole book, and I've always thought to myself, how do they do that? Yeah. They have the end in mind when they write the beginning. Yeah. The scripture is even more than that. The whole it's being written through millennia, different generations and different societies and cultures, and yet God is the author the whole time. He's telling a unified story that we learned in time, but for Him, I mean, He He knows the whole from the beginning, right? So it's it's just a beautiful. Mm-hmm tapestry of a story that we barely, I think, scratch at. <laughs> that is awesome. Did, we, we could, do we have, time? Yeah, I don't know if we have time to talk about types of, in the Old Testament. That's one of my favorite things that points to. Go ahead and hit it. What, to, is, that? To what is a type? A type is, well, it, Adam, like just, he, he touched on it that, hey, there's people, whether for good or for bad, illustrate what Jesus does perfectly. Um, so it's like, you look at, okay, where Adam failed in the garden um, and, and Adam 
because of his failure in the garden brought in sin to the world, Jesus succeeds in the garden Prevailed. and goes and goes to the cross. Yeah. So and and these these types all throughout all throughout the Old Testament, it was like they're pointing to in good or bad of, of what Jesus succeeds at. He so Jesus is the true and better person from the Old Testament that, that, that succeeds where they fail. So you, like, th- I think of a Moses. Right? Yes. Yeah. Jesus, you know, Moses was a type of Christ, you know, definitely right. a historical figure, but the giver of the law, right? Yeah. The one who has shown us how to, mm-hmm. how to live right, and yet he himself couldn't live it out. He right. himself couldn't do it. So it, he's a type of Jesus, but it, all the law is pointing toward Jesus who perfectly right. fulfilled the law. Or Matthew and Mark, it's not just Moses. Jesus is Israel, in the flesh, who comes, he's born, he goes through, like his baptism is like passing through the Red Sea. He goes into temptation in the wilderness after his baptism. I mean, it's just, he's like living out what Israel was supposed to live before God in perfection. And then he gives that to us as a gift. Mm-hmm. So awesome. it's just, it, yeah. Even, hey, how about the kings? Yeah, yeah. How about the kings? Yeah. All the way through, Israel's right. looking for the perfect king, right? right? David, David is the epitome of the great king. And yet, David had his issues being a murderer, an adulterer, not a very good father, <laughs> right. right? So we, we're still looking for that perfect king who is Christ. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Well, guys, this, this is really awesome. I, I would like to think that what we've kind of done today is we've laid out this value, an abiding deep value we have of the Bible as our guide for life, our source of life. And then looking at the Bible itself, and hopefully, you know, we, we're encouraging each other to see Christ in the Bible, no matter what book of the Bible we're in. Thanks for joining us this week. Listen in next week as we continue to encourage each other to practically follow Jesus through the application of gospel truth. If you haven't already subscribed, please do so, because we'd love to continue to dive into God's Word with you. We'd also love to connect further with you. If you go to Bethel.ch, you'll see all sorts of ways to connect, serve, and worship with our church body. Finally, please consider sharing this podcast with your friends by word of mouth or on social media. Have a blessed week.